Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. I'm Lizzie, a woman screaming into a toilet bowl. And I'm Hannah, a genie in a bottle. And this week we will be finally, finally wrapping up our spooky season series by discussing Return to Halloween Town. Um, and this one's controversial. Yeah, I don't know how you all are feeling, but I'm ready to be done with spooky season. Yeah. I'm good. Um, I got my spooky fix. We, Lizzie and I made some promises we couldn't deliver on, by no fault of our own. October was hard for both of us, and maybe you one day what? we'll tell you why. Maybe one day we will, or maybe this will just add to the mystery of the pod. Frankly, most yeah. of the people who listen to this are people we know, so they probably yeah. have heard or know, but that's fine. Um, We've been going through yeah. it. <laughs> and also, we went straight from doing Descendants as a series to Halloween Town as a series and I think yeah. we're excited to mix it up after this um, mm-hmm. moving into the last couple months of the year which is yeah, crazy. we have a little bit of programming planned but we also are ready for some randomly generated decoms, some single uh, standalones also we haven't really announced this yet, we've only told some special friends of the pod we are interested in having potentially some guests on the pod. Yes. So if you are a listener and you are interested in potentially joining us one day for a conversation about a movie, um, reach out to either one of us or message us on Instagram and we'll send you the form so you can find out how you can get involved. Yeah, yeah. or you can email us if you want it to be very official. Um, oh, yeah. And- avoid the instagram um at the the slumber party pod at gmail.com and Mm -hmm. we will do that and we already have a few friends who have agreed to come on and speak with us um when certain movies pop up when they're randomly generated and i'm really excited because as much as i know you all love hearing our voices for mm. an hour out of whack every week. Um, <laughs> I thought it'd be cool. We have some very cool friends. We to do. Be and equally as funny as we are. So. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, I have some friends that would put my Disney Channel knowledge to shame. So. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I'm sure if you all have listened to the very first episode of the podcast, you know that despite our enthusiasm for the topic, both Hannah and I have only seen around half of the mm-hmm. Disney Channel original movies that have been created. So I'm sure we have yeah. friends who have seen more. Speaking so well. of friends of the pod, potentially oh, enemies yes. of the pod. <laughs> Definitely an enemy of the pod. <laughs> you all remember, if you have listened to any of our Halloween Town episodes, if you have not... Feel free to listen to the rest of this episode, but then please, please, please go listen to those. We had, I think we had a really fun time recording these episodes, despite the absolute terribleness, batshit craziness that was October. Um, yeah. We asked for people to send in voice messages, send us voicemails about Halloween Town, about their thoughts on our thoughts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We had a singular person fulfill this request however Mm -hmm. he did it three separate times in the course of about half an hour so (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh my god we got three emails on our business email account we never get emails (laughs) 
no, no, no. Um, but so we are going to insert them. I'm going to give you a little introduction. So this is one of my best, best friends, Sam LaRoe, who I did theater with in high school. Um, he is a pop culture enthusiast. We have just a running list of different fantastical projects that we'd like to do if we win the lottery together in the future. Um, and yes, and so he really took our Halloween Town, Halloween Town 1 thoughts to heart. And he how did you describe personally. it? How did you describe it, Hannah? I said Sam read us to filth. <laughs> um, so Sam is one of those friends who I know has a greater amount of Disney-related knowledge than I do, um, as well as Muppet-related knowledge. Um, it is my dream that we will one day tackle some Muppet movies on this podcast. And if we do, we're going to have to get Sam in on this. Um, mm -hmm. He just knows... he. He is all-knowing when it comes to these obscure movies here. But with that said, here are Sam's voice messages. <laughs> uh, maybe you agreed with him. Maybe you agreed with us. Um, yeah, there you go. Hello, Slumber Party Pod. Slumber Party Pals. Slumber Party People. Uh, my name is Sam LaRoe. I am best friends with one... Elizabeth Susan Hobbs. Uh, we did many a thing together. Maybe she can describe it more one day when we're both famous. Uh, I wanted to reach out about your takes on Halloween Town because I texted Lizzie and stated, uh, frankly, that jail time was deserved for the takes. Um, and maybe my words are coarse, but I stand by it. Um, but I hear you. I want you to know I hear you. Um, I think the what's the beauty of DCOMs is they reflect the. Uh, problems of kids of that age, you know, like when I was young, the problems that Marnie was having were super relatable, and I just don't think that her problems are meant to be relatable for relatable um, for us twenty-one-year-olds. Um, much love. Back to the pod. So, thank you so much, Sam, for those delightful voice messages. Yes. <laughs> um, although I am going to uh, put Sam on blast here for a second and tell you all that the titles of these three separate voicemails are oh, yeah. the first one, Why Lizzie Deserves Jail. The second one, an elaboration on why Lizzie deserves prison. And the third one, Am I God? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, um, happy Halloween, Samuel. There you go. Please, anyone else, feel free to send us your lovely voice messages in the future um, on yeah. nearly any topic. They were fun and to listen to, even though I felt a little violated. <laughs> even though you felt we were feeling a little vulnerable afterwards. No, I came out to have a good time and I was feeling attacked. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. Thank That's you, Sam. Typical theater kid. Typical. Yeah. Sorry, I know that was rude. Was okay. That was not. But I, I didn't say to... now. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to use a slur. <laughs> Theater kid, not derogatory. No, Sam did text me as he was recording this. He was like, "How many slurs am I allowed to use?" <laughs> oh yeah, I do remember that. 
It's like, um, do whatever you want. I don't care. Do what you must. Um, I was going to say, though, another hate comment we did get um, on two episodes ago on our Halloween Town 2 was just that our intro was far too long. We spent about 20 minutes talking about Michelle Obama and Tom Holland. Who said that? So maybe... Oh, just a couple of friends. It wasn't actually hate mail, but they were like, girl... I said, why is no one listening? No one's listening to our episodes. And they said, because you guys are just talking about vegetables. And I said, okay. So maybe today we'll jump right in. (laughs) We've been recording for 15 minutes already, but we'll jump right in. Yeah, but some of it can be cut. (laughs) Yes, of course. And you know what? Maybe if we want to, there will just be a quarterly episode where we talk about whatever we want. And you can listen to it or you can't. So there you go. Mm -hmm. It's our That'll podcast. Be our, it's the vegetable episode. <laughs> oh my god, we just do veggie tales. <laughs> For our 60 second summary of Return to Halloween Town, it's Lizzie's turn. It's my um, turn. To give us a rundown. I'm going to pull up a timer for you. How are you feeling? Please do. I'm feeling okay. I feel like. A lot happened in this movie, but also not a lot happened in this movie. So, mm-hmm. but I also think that's how we feel about, we felt about the last movie also. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, ready for me to count you in? So ready. Okay, ready. Three, two, one, go. So Marnie has graduated from high school and has been accepted to which university in Halloween Town with a full scholarship. She applied for both of these things without telling her mom. Her mom is upset about it. And she says the only way she's allowed to go is if Dylan goes with her. Marnie doesn't realize Dylan is actually attending the school. It's a That's a whole big kerfuffle, too. At this point, Sophie and Aggie are off doing Sophie's training, so they're, like, not in essentially the entire movie um she gets to which university and she realizes they aren't allowed to use magic but there's these trio of evil sisters called the sinister sisters who are super rich and they get away with doing it they realize that marnie is like the answer to this big prophecy and there's this group oh god i forgot what they're called oh called the dominion who are essentially their again magic supremacy that's like their whole thing all over the place again Marnie travels back in time and meets, like, the head Cromwell, and then she realizes that it's actually Aggie. Amazing job. Oh, my God. You hit, like, everything. Thank you. Oh, and Dylan turns into a dog. Oh, yeah, that's important. And also, he's in a manipulative relationship with all three of the sisters. That was a really great synopsis. I'll read the official Disney Plus one, but I think you basically hit everything that they said. Thank you. Um, Disney Plus says, By now, everyone knows that Marnie Piper is a witch, so it comes as no surprise when she wins a full scholarship to prestigious witch university in Halloween Town. Excited about learning alchemy and amulets, potions, and portents, Marnie travels through the portal to become witch U's most famous co-ed. But not everything is what it seems. There is a new school rule, no magic allowed. Marnie also learns about an ancient prophecy, and it turns out she holds the key to revealing the ultimate secret. With the help of old friends Ethan and Benny the Skeleton, and new friends Professor Periwinkle and Anissa the Genie, will Marnie make the right choices in time for Halloween Town's 1,000-year anniversary celebration? So, I think you nailed it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there was a lot of, like, a lot of stuff happened in this movie. But, mm-hmm. a lot of little things. 
Um, so yeah, so like I said, I think Lizzie did a great job. I have pulled up IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes to give a quick little, um, uh, rating moment. This is the lowest rated of the Halloween Town franchise on Rotten Tomatoes, has a 61%, which is just lower than, uh, the last one, I think, or the last two. Yeah. It's comparable. It's not terrible. And it has a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, which is the, also the lowest. Yeah. Which it doesn't deserve. Um, I think everyone collectively forgot about Halloween Town 2. Yeah. Um, but Lizzie, what are your personal thoughts? What would you give this movie? So I've been thinking about this. I definitely liked it more than Halloween Town 2. Mm-hmm. But I also definitely liked it less than Halloween Town 3. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to give this one, like... So I gave Halloween Town 3 a 3.75. I think I'm going to give mm-hmm. this one, like, a 3.25. Okay. I honestly agree with that. I was going to say, because I was rude to Halloween Town 2. I gave it a really low score. And last week, I think I said 3.5. So I'm thinking, yeah, like, 3 or 3.25. I think yeah. 3.25 is good because it's almost as good as Halloween Town High. Yeah, yeah. And I will say People I like People can slander it, but I think here's the thing. I I liked that there was I don't know, there were just certain elements of this that like were they predictable? Sure. But do they like scratch my brain in just the right place that I find it enjoyable? Of course. It's yeah. like are they moments it, that like are ingrained into my brain for nostalgia's sake? Absolutely. Of course. It's like Hannah and I have talked about this a lot. It's like tropes that you find in like YA novels. Mm-hmm. Like that you love even though you know it's predictable, but it's just there and you know, oh, this is going to be entertaining even if it's not like life-changing piece of media that i'm consuming yeah so there it's you a go. decom come on um but yeah so that's how i'm feeling we have there's a lot of new cast there's a lot of new characters yeah. in this mm-hmm. and most importantly i will most say notably most notably is that the role of marnie piper has been recast in this mm-hmm. So the rest of the Piper family are the same, um, but Kimberly J. Brown is no longer playing Marnie Piper, and Marnie Piper is now being played by Sarah Paxton. Yeah. And I will be completely Uh, honest with you. Yeah. This is the only thing I can ever remember her being in. Um, she was in, she's an Aquamarine, I think. She, that's her? Yeah, the blonde. She's blonde. She's usually blonde. She's also been in quite a few other, I think she may be in quite a few other DCOMs as well. I'm going to pull up her on IMDb. Um, Oh my god. Yeah, Miss Sarah Paxton. She also had like a really brief music career, I think. Like every Disney Channel person was, did. Sure. Um, But yeah. This is one of the reasons. Oh yeah, she was in Sleepover. Oh my god, she was. Smash hit. She was in like definitely many things that I've seen. 
Maybe yeah, I'm. She was just, just blonde. Yeah, I'm just not paying attention. Huh? Fascinating. Well, um, um, I stand but, corrected. Yeah, she. This is one of the reasons that this movie is so controversial because even though it actually is one of the better movies in this franchise, a lot of people, the fan base is divided, and mostly people seem to be offended on behalf of Kimberly J. Brown because. Really, it's never been stated why she wasn't invited back. Just yeah. that Disney Studios reached out to Sarah Paxton and said, do you want to be Marnie? And she said yes. And it's not even like – this movie only came out two years later than Halloween Town High. Yeah. It came out in 2006, so it's not like there was a long gap. Kimberly J. Brown has said she wasn't working on anything else at the time. Yeah, um, and it's not like – it's not like Kimberly J. Brown – like looked that much older and it's not like i mean i i think she did but no no no, but but she didn't but she didn't look older than she already had in oh no no yeah if they were gonna replace her they should have done it like between the first and second movie right i mean jesus she looks almost exactly the same now (laughs) exactly yeah i'll tell you though when when um, Sarah Paxton first showed up on screen, both of my parents thought immediately that, one, it was Alexis Bledel. <laughs> okay. The, and I was like, I mean, true, she does kind of look like her. Again, me with yeah. my actor comparisons. They're never as good as yeah. they seem in my head. <laughs> but also, my mom said, at least this Marnie doesn't look like she's almost 30. Oh. Shade. <laughs> All right. Fair, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, do we want to talk about um, any other new characters, new new crew, new anything? Yeah. So we get a new best friend for Marnie, which is exciting because up until this point, she had no friends. Um, yeah, she hasn't had a girl best friend. She doesn't have a girl best friend. She doesn't really have any, like, friends friends. She has, like, people she sees in Halloween Town upon occasion and then these kids who are living with her Dylan. in Halloween Town. And Dylan, who's her brother. Yeah. So she, we don't see her have, like, any outside the family friends. Um, but in this one, she has a new friend who is also her RA at yeah. school, who is a genie. It's confusing. Yeah, who's a genie, and her name is Anissa, and she is played by Summer Bashil, I think is how her, her last name is pronounced. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought she was good. I forgot about that character in this movie until I just rewatched it and I then I remembered that I like really enjoyed that that element. I wish she had yeah, been I had in the it exact a little same bit experience. more. Yeah. Yeah. There was also like she was a really good character but there were some confusing points about her like she was Marnie's RA which was cool but then they were in all of the exact same classes so it was like is she also a first year student? Right. And so well I guess well, I'll talk about I guess this. She, we know that she was a first-year student because of yeah. a later plot point that we'll get to. So, yeah. I don't know. Very confusing. I guess she's um, just really mature. And <laughs> they said, you can be the resident advisor. The Pipers are the same. Um, we get the return of Lucas Grabeel as Ethan Dalloway, which I really liked. Cause... Yes. And then we also got... Um, a new kind of mentor character for Marnie since Aggie isn't really in this because she's supposed to be away with Sophie. And that is mm-hmm. Professor 
Periwinkle? Professor Persimmon Periwinkle, I think is her name. Is that right? Professor, yes, Professor Persimmon Periwinkle, who's played by Millicent Martin. And you know what? I loved her character. Yeah. I that made yeah. She's great. She's like a very eccentric kind of witch who's their English teacher. Um, who we find out like pretty pretty early on that she and Aggie were friends, kind of preceding yeah. Gwen going to the mortal world and all that jazz. But there you go. Yeah. That's all the people I really yeah. want to talk about. Obviously yeah. we have new villains and stuff, but um, also, before we fully dive into plot and our hot takes and others' hot takes, I would like to point out that when you go to watch this movie on Disney+, and it may be a little bit different now because um, I, I hate to break the fourth wall, but we're actually recording on November 1st, so it's not spooky season anymore. No. But during Halloween, during spooky season, when Disney had the Halloween setup. And they had all the spooky movies together. This movie was not with the other three. It wasn't? No. Like, they had their Halloween lineup. And it was, like, you know, Hocus Pocus, Twitches, Twitches 2, Halloween Town 1, 2, 3, bunch of others, and then Return to Halloween Town. Weird. Yeah. Because at first I was like, oh, no, it's not on here. Yeah. That's super weird. They were trying to distance themselves, I think. I think they know that it's... They know it's controversial, yeah, but I, so. I don't know why it wouldn't be, because unless it was alphabetical, but it wouldn't be because, well, I don't know. Maybe it was alphabetical. I don't know. My only thought is, like, I wonder if they're considering this not part of the actual series, yeah. and this is supposed to be, like, a spinoff or, like, a callback to, like, characters you knew. But then it should have come out later, longer than two years after the last one. Exactly. Yeah. Like, in hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a little bit more of, like, a reboot, spinoff, kind of. But at the time, like, it was really just the the conclusion. And they even kind of set it up as not the conclusion. They even kind of did set it up as if there could be another story. Obviously, there never was. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the... Um, the director, because I was wondering what he had done. Oh, golly. Here we go again. Um, and actually, never mind. I, there is nothing I want to talk about. I thought there was, but then I realized it was the wrong movie. Yeah. So, never mind. Yeah. But I guess if we're already um, done with kind of our objective moment, do we want to hop into some of our own thoughts and others' thoughts? Yes, of course. Why don't we perhaps take it away with some thoughts from an actual child, then? Will do. So Maggie has said, I give it a four out of five. Ooh. She said, it was a pretty good movie, and I liked it quite a bit. <laughs> she said, also, she thinks the no magic rule at Witch University is really dumb. And she is likening it to... The fact that they were not allowed to have a Halloween party at her school, but they were allowed to have (laughs) October dress-up day. And she said, please, what's the point? (laughs) 
there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> nope, that's all. <laughs> Pretty good movie. Thank you, Maggie. Liked it quite a bit. Upset about October dress-up day. We all would Although, be. Although, she did have an excellent October dress-up day costume, which was separate from her real Halloween costume, and she went as Benny the Jet Rodriguez from one of my favorite movies, The Sandlot. Oh, that's Which cute. is something that I have been for Halloween many, many times. Mm-hmm. So. Did she, did she just borrow your old costume? Well, she's just like a baseball player, so she was just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt and a flannel and a baseball hat. And oh. then she wore Converse. Well, I know, but she like, wore my Converse. Maybe. And then I was gonna say, like, maybe she wore like the same flannel you wore when you were a wee lass. Oh no, no, no! Probably I not. mean, I've been Benny the Jet Rodriguez like in the last three years. Oh, I thought you meant like when no, you were thirteen. No, 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 no. no. Wow. Okay. Well, but, so those were her thoughts. She didn't have very many of them, but she did rate this one rather high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm ready to jump into our thoughts if you Me are. Too. Um, my very first thought is that, um, and I'm going to actually give a little bit of backstory before I jump into my thought. At the beginning of our spooky season programming, Lizzie and I had talked about buying matching sweatshirts off Etsy. Yes. Because there's a lot of Halloween Town merch, and the ones that we liked kind of said Halloween Town University. And they're all over, and probably I'll post a picture on the Instagram. And then imagine my shock when in, like, the first minute of this movie, we find out it's not called Halloween Town University. It's called Witch University. Shock and awe. Why is all the Etsy merch for Halloween Town? You know what? I bet those people haven't gone back and rewatched it. Also, I'm wondering, like... Shouldn't they have renamed it Halloween Town University once they opened it up to people who aren't witches? Yes, they should have. Because that, as we were alluding to a little bit earlier, um, because the barrier has been opened by Marnie, it's all her fault, um, <laughs> and witches are now going to colleges in the human world, how, uh, which university has to open up its doors to more than just witches? So genies and trolls and... Um, all sorts of other creatures are now allowed. And to even the playing field, to level the playing field, uh, they say, okay, no magic. Because it would give the witches an advantage. Which I think is interesting because... Sorry, I'm just, I'm trying to grab my laptop charger. That's okay. Um, so I guess Anissa, her RA slash genie, could have been not a first year they're never they never explicitly say that because it's been more than a year since marnie opened up the portal because she opened up the portal in halloween town too true oh wait yeah so interesting yeah it's so funny though because there's like a scene where it's like the first oh sorry go ahead No, no no you're good I was going to say, there's a scene, like, on, like, the first day of class when Marnie kind of sits down with her friends, like, Anissa and Ethan, and she goes, like, what the heck? This new ma- no magic rule is so stupid. Like, who thought of it? And they're like, well, it's y- you caused it. Yeah. Oh, they're like, well, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it was funny. Um, I guess 
what I always thought they meant was, like, since Marnie proved that it was safe for magical people to go to the human world, that's why they were doing that. Mm -hmm. But they do say it's because the portal is open. So. Yeah. It's a little odd. It is odd. Um, another just quick qualm I have from the beginning of the movie is that, like Lizzie also said, Sophie and Aggie aren't really in this movie because we're assuming they're off in Halloween Town working on Sophie's training. I am wondering what all of a sudden Gwen has let Sophie move to Halloween Town full time at the age of like 13. And this is a prime example of youngest sibling privilege. And also, they're not in Halloween Town. They are traveling around, traipsing around to different dimensions. Yeah, they're time traveling. Wait, yeah. So I have a lot of questions about that. It seemed like... I don't know. They were... That seemed a little bit out of character. Especially since we see throughout this how much of like a worried parent Gwen is and yeah she's hesitant to let Marnie and Dylan even just go to which you which now that the portal is open she could visit them whenever they could visit her whenever yeah well and so she so Marnie tells her like I'm like I got into which university I'm gonna go and she's like how are we gonna pay for that she's like I got a full scholarship and so and even then she's still hesitant And then she, you know, finally relents and lets her go. And we find out afterwards that part of the only reason that she agreed to let Marnie go is because Dylan, like, wrote to the admissions people and asked if he could come too. So there would be two Mm -hmm. of them. And then Gwen was like, well, you're the responsible kid. So, like, I guess you'll be fine now. And then Yeah, and this leads to another note I have. Oh, sorry. No, is it, I was going to say, this just leads to another. You go. You go. Oh, no! <laughs> the lag! Right. Just give me one moment. I'll go quick. Yeah. I was going to say, and this leads to another quick thing that, one, we find out, because at first I'm like, Dylan is like 16, but we find out he's graduated early from high school. So he was like one year younger than Marty. He's graduated early. But also, we're finally... Um, admitting, I guess now, that he's a warlock or a witch. Because in every movie, we've been pretending that Dylan is just a plain human, that he's not a magical member of the family until the last five minutes, and then he has powers, and then it refreshes the next movie where we're like, Dylan doesn't have powers, and then he helps them at the end. So I like that at least this time we're finally just admitting it from the beginning. Yes, I agree. Um, And I do think it's ironic that like we see... Dylan has been built up to be, like, the responsible one this whole time. Except for these, like, scenes where he is awkward around girls. And that becomes, like, a huge weak point. Both for Mm -hmm. him, but also something that they use to manipulate Marnie. Into doing, essentially, what, like, the evil administration of which you wants. Because, Mm -hmm. so the... I don't know. He's not the headmistress of, or he's not the headmaster of the school. Who's, what is the role of the evil guy, Sinister? Maybe like trustee? Yeah. He's just a rich dude. Like, yeah. 
and whose whose kids go to the school. Yes, and he has three daughters. Their last name is literally sinister, and they kind mm-hmm. of all get, you know, get away with whatever they want. And then he and two professors from the school. One of them is like their history professor. His last name is Grog. Which is funny. And then the other one is like the headmistress of the school and also teaches something else. And her, she's headmistress Goodwin. Them and the sinister guy are all part of this evil, like ancient group, ancient secret society called the Dominion. I would like to put in a note here. Again, for those of you who have listened to our first episode of the podcast and know of my deep desire to be part of a very cool secret society, this is not what I'm talking about. We're almost there, but without the evil tendencies. Mm -hmm. I said it last time and I'll say it again this time. Like every time the bad guy in this movies, they're all just eugenicists. So, yeah, talk about that a little bit. Talk about what the Dominion's whole spiel is, like, their whole shtick. Um, the Dominion's whole spiel is that, honestly, I don't remember. I watched this movie two weeks ago. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Basically, they're mad. They're a spinoff. Like, in Halloween Town High, Ethan's dad was a member of the Dominion, and obviously now he is not because he's been banished and had to give up his magic. But their whole thing is they're similar to calabar in that they hate the humans they think humans have ruined their lives they also think that witches are superior to all other um magical creatures yeah they're just kind of the worst and they are trying to so they are trying to get their hands on this like ancient Cromwell artifact because we find out which university is in this castle that used to be Cromwell Castle when the Cromwell It's gorgeous. Ruled, it's gorgeous when they ruled Halloween Town, etc. They are trying to get this Cromwell family heirloom that was put in the ground essentially by the last Cromwell ruler, Splendora Cromwell. Which I Mm -hmm. laugh at every time I have watched this movie. Because all I can think about is Splenda, the artificial sweetener. (laughs) And it makes me laugh. And so they, essentially what this thing, this, some sort of artifact, we don't know what it is for most of the movie. Is it gives whoever has this power, or who has it, the power to, like, control other people because they this is another piece of magic that they just chuck in there apparently halloween town magic witches cannot use their power to make other witches do things against their will Mm -hmm. that's like a whole big thing you cannot control other people yeah the only way you can do that is with this artifact which is interesting because we know that you can perform spells on people without their consent. Because Marnie makes Dylan sleep on the ceiling one night. She floats him up there. Yeah. He didn't want to be there. Maybe he secretly did. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's the heart's desire. Maybe he's like, wow. Maybe it was more comfortable. Maybe, it <laughs> Maybe he's got like, a bad back. was like seeing a chiropractor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
So that's their whole thing. And so they put together this fake class where they're like, oh, you're going to do an archaeological dig in the basement of this castle to look for hidden Cromwell artifacts. First of all, Mm -hmm. this is the most contrived, just jackassery I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and they say, I wrote it down, I think, they say three quarters of your grade will be based will be based on what you find in this dig. So three quarters of their grade will be based on chance, basically. I'm sorry, can you say that again? You were breaking up. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. They and they say, you know, they've cho- chosen this group at random or like special students, and it's just all of our main characters. It's, you know, Marnie and Ethan and Anissa and the Sinister Sisters. Yeah. And they say three quarters of your grade will be based on what you find. So, of course, three quarters of their grade is based on chance. Yeah. Which which doesn't seem like a very good pedagogical method. It doesn't, but also sounds exactly like something that would happen in academia. So maybe they got that right. <laughs> yeah. You can cut this out, but I wrote, where is Dr. Luli when you need him? Oh, my God. Honestly, I used to think that one of the smartest things I did was drop my anthropology major and I know for a fact that that's not true (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think I would have enjoyed myself more but alas the past is in the past um yeah and then so yeah so basically they have this dig that they have to grab things out of the sinister sisters because of course they're exempt from the rules Mm -hmm. um pull up a Cromwell family heirloom that's locked and Marnie can't get anything because, oh. as we've established, she's really just a terrible witch. So, she's quite untalented. This is incorrect. I'm incorrect. I just remembered. So, the main sinister sister, whose name escapes me, it's I, they all start with S's. It's something, maybe it's Scarlet. Sapphire, Scarlet, and Sage. the other one. Sage. So, yeah, because oh, because I have a point about that for later. Scarlet is the like main one. She's like the Regina George. She's the Regina yes. George. They're the knockoff plastics. And so she's like, oh, like you're not gonna use magic to like boost your grade, whatever. And Marnie's like, no, I'm an ethical student. And Dylan's like, yeah, ethics. Um. And Scarlet, like, snaps her fingers over this giant gaping hole in the foundation of the castle, by the way, and mm-hmm. brings up a literal skull. Yeah. She's found a skull under the thing. And goes, Professor, look what I yeah. found. It's a human skull. So that, mm-hmm. that's a lot. And then Marnie is just standing there, like, looking into the hole, and then, like, fiery light starts emerging from it and a box floats up out of the hole and deposits itself directly into Marnie's hands. Oh yeah, but she doesn't do it on purpose and everyone accuses her of using magic. Yes. And this is the second time this happens because she also gets accused of using magic on a like in-class pop quiz that they have and she has Mm -hmm. to like, she thinks she's gonna like have to go on trial with the school or whatever. Yeah, with the honor coalition. Yeah, with the honor code. I almost said the school board. No. That's not how that works. Um, an- a funny thing I did notice in that scene in which they're writing their pop quiz essays 
and the Sinister Sisters are using magic for theirs um, by just not writing them. Their pen's just doing it. The Sinister Sisters are all left-handed. Sinister. Oh. Interesting. If you don't know, if you didn't take Latin in high school, the Latin word for left is sinister. <laughs> That's very interesting. I wonder if they did that. And also, history. and then... I think they did, and then, because I pointed that out, and then my mom said, oh, and so is the evil professor. He's left-handed, too. But also, it could just be, it could be intentional, or it could be, honestly, a lot of actors are left-handed, because it's kind of like a thing, like, creative people, it's that side of the brain. Hmm. So, like, artists and actors and and musicians and things often tend to be left-handed. Yeah, he's left-handed. But it could be both. Interesting. Maybe she's evil, or maybe she's an artist. Is she an artist? Is she evil? I guess we'll find out. Is she human, or is she dancer? (laughs) What? You've never heard that? Am I human, or am I dancer? No. I don't even know what it's from. That's funny, though. All right, what else do we have to say? All right, so yeah, they find Um, this box. Yeah. And then we quickly realize the box is what they've been after this whole time. It can only be, you know, opened by a Cromwell, whatever. And so the all of these evil adults who we don't know are evil yet, or we know, Marnie doesn't know, are trying to convince her to help. And they're like, this would help save Halloween Town, whatever. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's so odd, too, because, yeah, she doesn't realize that they're evil, but she does know that, like, for, for example, Professor Grog, she knows he's creepy. But then something happens. Like, she knows he's creepy, and she'll, like, say stuff, like, about him, like, oh, he's so weird, right? And then he, like, appears behind her, and he, like, heard everything. And then there's that one point that I don't even remember really what the conflict was, because I didn't write it down. But there's a point in which Ethan, Ethan, her friend, tells her something, and she chooses not to believe Ethan, and instead to trust her creepy-ass professor. Because Ethan... So Ethan's dad, who was the villain of the last movie, was yeah, part of the was Dominion, in the Dominion with them. And he realizes that that's what's going on. And he tries to warn Marnie. And Marnie's like, oh, this is like how you betrayed me the last time a weird thing was happening with a secret society. Like, why should I trust you now? Because Ethan helped his dad in the last movie. But the... The thing is, she doesn't know this at this point. When Ethan's dad was, like, exiled, he lost all of his magic. And because magic is, like, genetic and is passed down through lineage, Ethan also has lost his magic. Yeah, so now he's just human, which Gwen loves. Gwen is very excited. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, ugh. Thank goodness. A nice boy. Um, A nice mortal boy. Yeah, and he is, like, so brave in this movie. He is just asking Marnie out to her face left and right. And she keeps, you know, like, it's kind of the same as Cody in the last movie where she's into him, but, like, they're, it's a will-they-won't-they. They. Circumstances are getting in the way. But um, we do get another delightful couple flying scene, which I know yes. Hannah wants to talk about. I anyway. know I want to talk about it because... I said in the last episode, on um, in that flying date, 
I was like, oh, I guess I misremembered that while they fly on the broomstick, they fly to Jesse McCartney's, um, what is it called? I don't even know the name of the song. Magic Carpet? But yeah, so I, right where you needless want to me. say, right where you want me. Needless to say, I was very excited. Oh, I said, I knew I remembered it right. I just remembered the movie. I knew Jesse McCartney and was here somewhere. And it's amazing. It's the best part of the movie by far. It might be the best part of the franchise. I think so. Yes. So here's my question. So... Do you, well, first of all, I would just like to say one of my favorite parts about this is that there is part where Ethan, like, summons, like, a bouquet of flowers and Marnie's like, hey, we're not allowed to use magic at school. He's like, I know, mm-hmm. but, like, it's fine. Like, it's just a little risk. And then you realize he doesn't mm-hmm. have magic, which implies that he has yeah. learned sleight of hand magic tricks. Yeah. She says that to him at the end when he reveals to her, like, I don't have magic anymore. She's like, but, but, like, the this and then that. And he said, oh, but, like, that's just, like, hand yeah. magic. He really likes her. And she, like, kind of dodges him for the whole movie. Until the very end when she... Until the very when end. When she summons a bouquet of flowers for him. It's very cute. Yeah, it's very... They are very cute together. My question is, for you, Hannah, mm-hmm. right now on the spot. Yes. Who is the better love interest for Marnie? Um, I think long term, it has to be Ethan. Yeah. Even though I loved Cody, like she and Ethan, they get each other. They're both from the same world. They have more in common. Yeah. Her mom loves Ethan, especially now that he doesn't even have magic. Yes. I think you're right. Um. Yeah, even though Cody was dreamier. Yeah. I was a little bit bummed. I wish we had gotten, like, a little bit of a, you know, callback mm. to, like, oh, I also, my high school boyfriend or something. Yeah, I also wish Luke had been here. Again, going back to Luke. Well, he was, like, a couple years older than Marnie. Like, he could be a senior in college. Yeah. Is he the type of I mean, I know that he's to- gone. No, you're right. He goes to trade school. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But. Not at all. Well, yeah. Or he's, like, touring with his band somewhere. True. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right about that, yeah. actually. Or he's a sound um, Though rapper. I would say... <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say... you Though, Cody versus Ethan. Yeah. The only thing... Cody has up on yeah. Ethan. Ethan did have one moment in this movie that made me go, oh, ew, like five points from Ethan. When they finally go on a date and uh, Ethan says something about, like, she orders not a salad, I guess. And he goes, oh, I like a girl that can eat. And I hate those comments from men. Yeah. Like, oh, I like a girl with an appetite. Like, oh, who gets a burger, not a salad. Some of us are vegan. Yeah. Let me eat what I want to eat. Also, sometimes a salad is just delicious. Even if you do eat meat. Yeah. Salad is delicious. Sometimes I get a burger with a side of a salad. Like last night. Yeah. And you know what? Just because I'm not ordering a salad doesn't mean I didn't want a salad. There is no graceful way to eat a salad. No. no. Yeah. So really, a salad... Sometimes salads are delicious. Have you ever had a salad with like 
feta and candied walnuts and apples in it with like balsamic. I'm going to have one for lunch. Just a straight ahead of lettuce. Hannah, we have to change the ranch. topic or we're going to get yelled again for, yelled at again for talking about vegetables. <laughs> Save it for the vegetable okay. episode. <laughs> I'll move on. I'll move on. I'm just saying that was the one thing that Ethan did that made me not happy in this movie. It was when he like commented on what she ate. And I was like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. None of your business. As long as I'm eating enough to keep myself healthy and well, none of your business. Mm-hmm. I actually have a couple of questions that I'm wondering that I came up with when I was watching this movie and I'm wondering to get your takes on them. Um, My first question is Anissa the genie. There are moments when she pops other people into her lamp. That's when she and Marnie first meet. She uses her genie powers of poofing and whatnot. Does that not count as magic against the rules at the school? I was wondering the exact same thing. I guess not, because there's really only, that's really the only thing that she can do, is, like, movement magic. And even then, it's, like, within the confines of her lamp. And she even says, like, it's her lamp only. So. Mm -hmm. True. It's weird. Even though she does, basically, she uses her lamp to save the day at the end, but. Yeah, she absolutely uses her lamp to save the day at the end because that's what she puts the evil people in yeah anyway my next question in this movie we have a moment where dylan helps marty by speed reading through all of these books um to help find out about splendor cromwell and the history of the cromwell family yes when he speeds reads the words come out of the pages literally flying around the room we can all see them and they like go into his brain why does speed reading work like this, and why doesn't it work like it did in Descendants too? Um, stupid. <laughs> in Descendants two, she just turns the pages, and her eyes absorb it, and that seems to make more sense than causing a tornado in the room. Drama. Maybe this is a moral statement. Maybe. Maybe because Kenny Ortega wasn't involved. Definitely because Kenny Ortega was involved. Maybe they're making a moral statement. Of, you know, you can make the choice to use magic to, you know, advance your studies in a less than ethical way. But you are going to have to take the chance that, like, with these words flying down, a pronoun's going to, like, knock a vase off your table or something. <laughs> like, yeah, literally, Marnie's like, <laughs> they're, like, going to hit Marnie while Dylan's might screaming. actually crash through your window. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Um, I'm trying to look at my other questions. Um, I guess it's more of a plot point. I'll bring that up later. Um, yeah, my other questions I'll bring up later because we haven't brought we haven't gotten to those points okay. of the story yet. Maybe we should talk about so going upon that, Dylan finds out about Splendor Cromwell. Um, also Professor Periwinkle helps Marnie find out about Splendora. this. Uh, ancestor of theirs that she has to that is the only one who knows what's in this family relic so we sadly break out the time travel plot line again so here's the thing this time travel plot line i liked a lot more than the last one Mm -hmm. i would also like to make i'm going to take this out this is a quick host note for you hannah 
We do have mm-hmm. a formal request from Justin that mm-hmm. he be included in as many future time travel conversations as possible. And so I was thinking, okay. because he has a lot of physics thoughts about it as a physics major. Yeah. And so I was mm-hmm. thinking it might be fun to have him on for Minutemen. And he can do a <gasps> yeah. little mini Bill Nye section talking to us about the actual science. I'm going to write this. that down next to Minutemen right now. Okay. I'm going to write that down right now. Um, okay, back to the pod. I was going to say, well, this time travel is done better than it was in the second movie. Um, still, it brings up a lot of questions. Like, are we assuming that Marnie's actions in the past have actual consequences on the future? Like, while she's in A Thousand Years Ago in Halloween Town, she calls Benjamin the skeleton Benny for the first time. Yeah. And I guess that sticks. Or yep. the giant pumpkin. She is like, oh, you know what would look good over there? A giant pumpkin. Yeah. So... Like, I hate it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. She seems to be very willy-nilly here mm-hmm. without regard to the well-established pop culture laws of time travel. Because how mm-hmm. do we know that giant pumpkin wasn't supposed to show up in Halloween Town at a different, more important point? And then she selfishly was like, exactly. oh, I'm going to be the one to give you this pumpkin. Dumb yeah. bitch. Stop. Although I will say, I did, like, before Marnie goes back for time travel, she has to, like, disguise herself. So she takes a cloak mm-hmm. from Professor Periwinkle and then leaves it. It's, a, it's like spirit Halloween. Yeah, or she, you cloak. know what, that's what it is. She has a cloak and then leaves it behind, like, in a jail cell. She gets trapped in a jail cell at one point. And the young Professor Periwinkle, who is also, like, a millennia old, like Aggie, helps her. And then mm-hmm. we realize that, like, it's been her cloak all along. And it's cyclical. And so it's she's gonna have it for millennia and then et cetera, et cetera. But whatever... Yeah. Um, Another thing that we find out once she's in the past is kind of the biggest revelation of the movie is that Splendora Cromwell's full name is Splendora Agatha Cromwell, a.k.a. Aggie. Um, Actually, and we forgot to say, Splendora Cromwell in the past is also played by Sarah Paxton just with like a Daenerys Targaryen wig. Yes. Also from Party City. Yeah. Um, Which I guess that, like, there are definitely people who have ancestors who look kind of exactly like them. I do not. Yeah. That's the point. It's like, oh, crap, they're They're related. related. However, the wig just was bad. But then this brings up another question I had, kind of not really for you, but just of the universe, is that so Aggie, now we know, we knew Aggie was ancient, but now we know she's at least a thousand years old. How old is Gwen? Like, 45? Maybe. So Aggie lived for a thousand years before she had a child. Or does she just have a lot of other kids? Yeah. Or is Gwen way older? Because we also know that time is weird. Is at a different speed in Halloween Town. Like, was Gwen born a hundred, two hundred Earth human years ago, but like forty-five Halloween Town years? Maybe. Give us answers. 
Halloween Town? I yeah. Disney? That would be good to know. I also realize we never learn anything about like Aggie's husband or whoever Gwen's dad is, not necessarily a husband. Yeah. Which is information I would like to have. I mean, it is kind of cool because it's sets up the Cromwell family as like a matriarchal family. Mm-hmm. But I'd like a little information there. Since we know that Gwen's that, you know, the Piper kid's dad had such a huge impact on Mm -hmm. that family that, like, Gwen was prepared Mm -hmm. for them all to just, like, completely be done with the magic world. So, I wish we'd Mm -hmm. done a little more. I'd actually like to point this out. Every single movie in this franchise, the problem just always goes back to daddy issues. (laughs) And I have evidence. The first movie. Calabar in the first movie. Oh no, the Piper children's dad is dead and their potential stepdaddy is here and he's causing trouble. Two, Cal is Calabar's son. His dad has died. He has revenge daddy issues. Yep. Three, Ethan. He doesn't know his dad is evil and he doesn't know whether he should follow in his evil dad's footsteps or whether he should leave and help. Four, the sinister sister's dad is evil this one's a little bit yeah. less connected, but this movie is also a little bit less connected. Um, but yeah, and like you said, we don't know who anyone's daddy is. No. I rest my case. You have an excellent point. I've been holding on to that for about three weeks. Well, you know what? I'm glad that you let it out. Does it feel Does it feel good to get that off your chest? <laughs> it does. I think I thought of it at work. <laughs> Is that going to be the title of this? Daddy issues, but it make could it magic. Be something about- yeah, something something along the lines of daddy issues. Alexa played daddy issues by the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll think about oh my it. God. We've got um. We'll think about we've it. We've got twelve hours to think about it. Yep. Um. Oh, what was I going to say? I don't know we've talked about we've talked about quite a bit where are we i don't know i guess we should talk more about the plot so what happens after marnie gets back to the future after she she gets the gift from splendora so she and un- is able to unlock goes the box. to the dominion and she's hoodwinking them um mm-hmm. and essentially pretending like she's gonna go along with their plan and she's gonna be queen of halloween town for the night and like give them the power to, you know, do all this nonsense, enslave all the non-magic people. Mm -hmm. And so they are fully convinced that she's going along with this at the last minute. She makes it very evident that she has been playing them and she uses the power of this amulet to, like, strip them of their powers and, like, Essentially, yeah, that's basically it. And then she makes it look mm-hmm. like she's destroyed this amulet. And at yeah. the very end, they're like, ta- like the rest of the family, she has gone off with Ethan. Um, Gwen and Dylan are kind of talking, and Dylan's like, I can't believe. That Marnie would get rid of, like, 
a family heirloom that prices that like has that much power and she's like mm-hmm. oh like you'd be surprised like maybe she didn't maybe she's just you know giving it away to someone maybe there's more she she's smart she knows what to yeah, do yeah maybe she you know is hidden it with someone she trusts completely and then like the very last then- scene we see dylan is studying at real human speed and then goes to open mm-hmm. this book and there's like a giant hole cut out in the center of the page. Like burned, burned out of out it, yeah. With the amulet in it. So Marnie has And all I have to say is that upon this moment, yeah. my mother said, and I will provide Instagram context. My mom said, she burned a hole in that book like you burned a hole in your sweatshirt. Because I have to <laughs> announce to everyone, I caught on fire a few weeks ago. And I burned through not one, not two, but three layers of clothing. And let me tell you, this was not even the craziest thing to happen to either of us last month. No, that was that was tame. That was before the October turmoil Didn't even hit. Crack the top ten. Mm-hmm. I was not singed, but my whole outfit was not physically singed, but mentally, but emotionally. emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I'll post a picture of that on the Instagram as well to give you all context, so you all know what the book kind of looked like. <laughs> Except a lot looks like my my favorite college sweatshirt that I can now never wear. Whoops. Um. Oh, I actually. Well, this is fully going back. Um. In the meantime, while Marnie is at which you and figuring out the whole secret with the box, the um, the sinister sisters are magically controlling dylan but the way it's working because the whole lore is that no one can do it except for the holder of this amulet they're doing it because he already is interested in them and would do things for them so it's just amping it up like he's not doing something he wouldn't already do they're just pushing it along yes and then eventually what they do is they turn him into a dog yes and, like, they spend, like, five or ten minutes, Marnie's, like, chasing him. Because once he turns into a dog, he, like, runs away and she has to run after him. My question, again, is why didn't Marnie just undo the dog spell? The whole plot of the second movie of this franchise was Marnie learning how to undo spells. I don't know. Dylan was a dog. Oh, I said, why yes. didn't they, why didn't Marnie just undo the spell? Because she's a terrible witch. That's I was why. wondering if they, did all the Sinister Sisters do the spell against him like yeah i think it's unclear i don't i don't recall we do see him get turned into a dog like we don't see the spell get put on him about like the obeying them yeah but i would have to go back and look to see if it's just Ooh, another complaint i do have about the sinister sisters yeah. though and i didn't write this down is that their dresses don't really match their names their names are all colors sapphire sage oh, and what? scarlet huh no, they don't. You're at one point, right. at one point, like they are, two of them are wearing blue and red, but a third, the third one's not wearing green, and they should have matched. That is weird. And that's just my fashion note. Yeah, the fashion in this was fine. I mean, mm-hmm. jeans and actually, do I was gonna say in the finale we do see Ethan wearing a black leather jacket. Lizzie, do you have any thoughts? Well, I do. 
And I will say, I think that Marnie is a brown leather jacket person. I would also say mm-hmm. Marnie is a brown leather jacket person. And I think Cody is also a brown leather jacket person, which is why it never mm-hmm. would have worked in the long term for them. <laughs> that being said, I do think Gwen is a black leather jacket person. I also think Sophie is a black leather jacket person. I think so. Do you think Dylan would ever wear a black a leather jacket at all? No, but I can see him like have you watched the episode of Friends with Ross and the leather pants? Yes. He gets stuck in them. That gives me very much that energy. So. Mhm. I think that's just about everything I had to say. I think so as well. Um, I I asked that. Um, I will just say before we get to that, I did realize I wrote this note even like after this whole movie, one after the whole last movie and after this movie, my mom still thought that Ethan was evil. Like at the end. Yeah. She was like, but he's evil. I said, no, he's not. Weird. We don't need to put that in, but she was just confused. That's all I have to say about Halloween Town. I have no other Halloween Town related thoughts in my head. I've spent more time thinking about this franchise this last month than I ever thought I would, and I'm not upset about it. Than I ever want to again. <laughs> yeah, so Halloween Town is good. So now for the next Octobers, we can move on to different. Yeah, different Halloween-themed decoms because let me tell you, there's so many of them. It'll take us years to get. So I will them. say, I we might ask about this on the Instagram or something. There are some decoms that are vaguely Halloween-esque, but are really more just mm-hmm. magic-y. And I want to know if people yeah. want us to do those around Halloween or just scatter them throughout. Yeah, are you happy with magic any time of the year? Like, obviously, we would, we you know, we would save, like, Phantom of the Megaplex yeah. or under wraps for an October. But, like, um, but like a zombies moment. Right. Yeah, Twitches, zombies, the only thing, upside down magic. The only thing Halloween-y about Twitches is that their birthday happens to be Halloween. Yeah. But it's not as ingrained in Halloween as Halloween Town. So. Yeah. There you go. That's all I gotta say. Um, let me pull up the outline. Final conclusions on my end is Marnie, still annoying, hasn't learned anything mm-hmm. at all from middle school to her freshman year of college. Um, yeah. Lucas Grabeel is a far more entertaining actor than I remember him being, and Thus, I'm excited mm-hmm. about delving into High School Musical when that comes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debbie Reynolds is still a delight. And uh, Sophie is still the best member of the Piper family. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to say, my wrap-up thoughts are Marnie is a very untalented witch. Mm-hmm. She always will be. Um, that I miss Sophie. Yep. She should have been in it more. Marty Piper is a millennial, I wrote. That's not really a closing thought. That's just something I wrote. Yes. Um, and that these movies, well, I was going to say they get less cringy as they go on, but 
it's not really linear, so. So we'll see. Take, take, I was gonna say, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Oh, I will say, we didn't talk about any particularly great Dylan quotes of this movie, and I just realized I had one. Oh, yeah. When Dylan first see the Sinister Sisters, and he is, like, mm-hmm. awestruck, and his jaw is on the ground, and he's, like, mm-hmm. drooling, Marnie says, tell me you're not crushed on that. And Dylan says, into a fine powder. <laughs> and that's hilarious. So, thank you again, everyone, for joining us on this spooky season adventure um we've had we've had a time we have the time of our lives <laughs> has it been good or bad who's to say it'll be, it's been memorable it's been memorable indeed um next week we will be taking a turn um we are doing a standalone uh we will potentially even be having a guest and we will be watching the star-studded 2009's Dad Napped. Oh, this is not what I thought this was. I'm very excited. Are you excited I'm for exci- it? I know nothing about this movie. It's good. It has every Disney Channel star you can think of yeah, as in this I movie. I don't know who's in it. I know nothing about the plot. I can't remember anything about this coming out. But I know that... Some people uh, that we know are very invested in this particular mm-hmm. film, and I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to make Maggie watch it with me. Mm-hmm. I am excited for this as well. I think it's going to be a good time. It's a fun one. Like I said, it's a star-studded cast, and I can't wait to talk about it with y'all next week. Woohoo! Um. So then, thank you for listening. Um. Like I said last week. Um, if you listen and you've enjoyed, your homework is to tell a friend about the pod and that you think will enjoy it as yes. well. Um, check out our Instagram. It's slumberparty.pod. And you can email us at theslumberpartypod at gmail.com. We have lots of links in our Instagram bio for ways that you can check us out, get involved. We do recommendations, memes, um, more about me and Lizzie every Monday. Uh, you can also leave us a voice message. There, well, That's one of the links on there. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much to Sam LaRoe for sending those delightful voice messages our way. <laughs> Ari Halloween Town. Um, mm-hmm. And thank you all for listening again this week. Mm-hmm. You can also leave us a review on the Apple Podcasts app. Um, I'm trying to look at how many reviews we have so far. It's going to be slow. We ha- now have nine five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app, and again, only one of them is me. So keep them coming, folks. We appreciate it. That's very exciting. Those are good odds. Mm-hmm. They are. Yeah, they are. All right. Take us away. This has been the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. This episode was edited by Lizzie and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. And Merry Christmas! You filthy animal. Just one more thing. Um, When I say that Lizzie deserves jail, um, it's about time uh, for Lizzie. Uh, Lizzie knows what she has done, and I know what she did. So...
this is not just about Halloween Town, Lizzie. It's about Halloween Town 2. I will agree with you. The movie is literally gray. Um, and it is fast-forwardable. But, but, I will visit you in prison. I will sing you songs in prison. But, Lizzie, this is it for you. I'm sorry. It has to be this way. Bye.